if you have an investment partner, for me, it's my spouse, then you need to take his or her risk tolerance into account. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. My mom always said it's rude to keep people waiting. Well, best ever listeners, that's exactly what you're doing if you're not funding your deals with our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land. Patch of Land is a crowdfunding marketplace that matches up your deals with accredited and institutional investors who want to invest in your deal. Patch of Land literally has thousands of investors ready to fund your next deal. You don't want to keep them waiting, do you? And guess what? It's a lightning quick process too. In fact, the average Patch of Land loan closes in just seven days. Is a five to seven day close faster than how long it currently takes you to close on financing? And just think, wouldn't it be wonderful to have all of your financing needs taken care of for all of your deals? How many more deals could you close if you already knew where the money was coming from? With Patch of Land, you no longer have to worry about the financing part. They've got it taken care of for you. Go to Patch of Land and find out how to get your next deal funded by the thousands of investors waiting for you right now. Go to patchofland.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Sandra Holt. Hi, Sandra. Hi. Welcome to the show, and Sandra is joining us from Columbia, Maryland. She recently bought her second investment property, which is a mixed-use property. She and her husband own a family law practice where she's a managing member. She's she's a part-time real estate investor. Um, so I wanted to you know bring her on the show and talk about her experience, especially buying a mixed-use property. I think that's pretty darn interesting. And then um, you know from an interesting fact standpoint, she's a very avid runner. So we'll uh, we'll get into that briefly too. So with that being said, Sandra, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. Um, my background. So I guess I started about 10 years ago when my husband and I were living in a townhouse and our landlord wanted to sell that townhouse. And at the time we were also living with a roommate who was living in the basement. And we were two poor law students working part-time, so we could not qualify for a mortgage. But we had a great relationship with our landlord. Um, He knew that we were responsible. We always paid on time. Uh, We always did the maintenance on the property and kept it in really great condition. So when we asked him for seller financing, it was kind of a no-brainer for him. And he said, definitely. So um, we made the seller financing really favorable toward him. So we gave him a $5,000 non-refundable refundable deposit. We also had an interest rate that matched his interest rate with his mortgage company. And then we gave him an extra $200 above and beyond what he was already getting in rent from us. We made all the repairs. Um, We allowed him to take the mortgage interest deduction. And with that contract, it ballooned in five years or we could exercise our option earlier. And after about two years, we qualified for a typical mortgage and we paid him off and our roommate became our first tenant. Wow. How the heck did you come up with that structure? I mean, the, I, I, right out of the gate is your first deal. Well, we just kind of looked around a little bit. We um, knew a little bit about seller financing. And honestly, we couldn't get into the property any other way. So we had to be creative. 
when when you were running the numbers, you know, I mean, you 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 came up with a 5k non-refundable non-refundable mm-hmm. deposit, match interest rate 200 in rent above what was he was already paying, so he's he's making some money um on a monthly mm-hmm. basis, uh, have a balloon payment. How were were you playing with different areas of that deal? and seeing, okay, if it's a two-year balloon versus a five-year or a 2K non-refundable versus a five or a 10K, like, were you identifying certain areas of that deal that you wanted to go up and down? How did that work? Yeah, we definitely wanted it to balloon in five years or less because we figured that within that five-year period, my husband and I should have full-time jobs and we should be able to pay off that mortgage in that time or less. We didn't want it to be less because we figured, you know, things could things could arise. And uh, we also had three babies at the time. So I wasn't sure if I could work full time before that five year period. So we definitely played with that. Um, and then as far as the non-refundable deposit, uh, we just tried to make that as enticing to the landlord as possible without stretching ourselves too thin. So let's talk about property number two. Where where did that, that, I know that's most recent. How did that come about and what's it look like? Okay. So um, my husband and I currently have our own law practice and we um, have a couple offices that we are paying way too much for and not building any equity in. So we decided that we were going to move our law practice from our rental space into a townhouse where we could build some equity. Um, so that's how that started. And so what, what type of property is it and, and what are you looking at? Sure. Uh, well, we initially looked at a bunch of different properties, but we kind of focused on a townhouse. Of course, the first thing, the biggest obstacle with buying any property was financing. So um, what we did is we explored different options and we looked at a line of credit on our existing rental because we have a lot of equity in that because we've had it for so long. But that interest rate was at about 5%, and I just didn't want to pay that much. So what I did is I looked at a home equity line of credit on our primary, and that made more sense because the interest rate was only 1% for the first year, and then prime after that, and prime right now is like 3.25%, so it's really low. So that's how we got the the financing on that. And after the financing was in order, we talked about what we wanted in a property, like location, size, um, school district, typical things. But we also wanted an income suite that we could rent out now and then grow into later to kind of mitigate the risk to us a little bit. Um, So with that criteria, we started looking and we decided early on that we didn't want to work with a buyer's agent because we didn't have the best experience with ours when we bought our primary home. So because we didn't have an agent, when we called the listing agent of each house that we wanted to see, we asked if they would be willing to show us the house. And we had really good response. There was only one agent that refused to show us a property. So we saw a couple short sales and Oreos. And with those, I told the listing agent that if I were to put an offer on the house, then I would use them to do so. And they would earn both sides of the commission. And my rationale for that was that I figured that they had the best relationship with the bank and could negotiate much better with the bank than I could. And with the standard retail properties, I was clear with the listing agent that I was representing myself. I just didn't want there to be any miscommunication there. So we looked at a bunch of properties and that helped to narrow down our criteria even further. Um, One property that really stood out that I was initially really excited to see was an REO with comps that were $100,000 more than the asking price. And when I looked at the pictures, the pictures were great. It had nice landscaping. 
Um, the house was really cute, but there was one picture that looked like there was a little bit of mold in the room. So I called a mold remediation expert and talked to him about the process of getting mold out of the house. And he kind of walked me through it and made it less scary for me. So I went to see that house with my contractor. And that's one tip for your best ever listeners. Get a really good contractor and have a really good relationship with that contractor. I've worked with mine for about 15 years. Um, We have a great relationship. Every time I see houses that have more work than just cosmetic, then I ask him to come along with me. And he always does. He does it like like immediately. I never have to wait. Um, And he never asks for payment because he knows that I'm a good client and I'm going to have him do the work. So my contractor went with me and we walked through the house. The main level looked great. Upstairs looked great. And then we get downstairs and we walk into the room that has a little bit of mold. And I'm like, all right, this is fine. And then we go deeper into the depths of the basement and there is mold (laughs) Everywhere. I mean, it's in the carpet, on the baseboards, the walls, the ceiling. There is mold growing on top of mold. I feel like I'm swimming (laughs) in mold. It was disgusting. And my contractor said, Sandra, I would not pay a dollar for this house. You need to run away from this house because you have no idea where this mold is coming from. And this is a total gut job. There might be mold in the main floor, on the top floor. You just don't know. So based on that house, I narrowed my criteria even further to include no moldy houses because I just don't have the experience and I don't have the financial resources to make that type of potential first mistake. So um, after we narrowed down our criteria by looking at a lot of houses, including the mold house, we found our house by looking on the MLS in a neighborhood where there was more than an average amount of houses on the market. And then I targeted the one that was on MLS the longest because I figured that that person would be a motivated seller. So we looked at it. We liked it. We put in an offer. And I found that representing myself and not using a listing agent allowed me to negotiate a lower price because I worked out with the listing agent beforehand that he would forego the buyer's agent commission. And up until about a month, a month and a half ago, I did not know that the seller and the seller's agent had an agreement with each other on the commission such that the seller's agent could keep the entire commission if there was no buyer's agent involved. So I felt that it was important for me to, I guess, negotiate from the get-go that I wanted the seller's agent to forego that commission so that I could offer a lower price than I normally would. Um, So we talked about that. He agreed. And uh, when I submitted my offer, I pointed out that my offer was in reality X amount more than the submitted offer because there was not a buyer's agent commissioned. So in submitting my offer to the listing agent, I just submitted via email. And I know that's not very conventional, but I didn't have a buyer's agent. And um, I just detailed exactly how I came up with my offer. So I thought that it was important to compliment the homeowner on what I liked about the house first. So, you know, I said, I love the wood floors. I love the landscaping that they did on the outside, the wall color. Um, So I did that first. And then I detailed what I thought were shortcomings that I thought justified a lower offer compared with other properties for sale in the neighborhood. And I also stated that if my offer was accepted, then I would submit a more formal offer. But I didn't have to do that because the listing agent was um, very agreeable to submitting an offer for me, um, but without me having to pay the commission. Um, So he did that. And because I'm an attorney, then I read over every line before signing and the agent didn't try to sneak anything. And he was, you know, (laughs) on the up and up. So I was grateful for that. 
And I guess that's where we are now. We have a ratified contract and we're just waiting to close. And that's, is that the mixed use one? It is a mixed use one. So we have a basement apartment downstairs. And it's funny because as we were waiting for the agent to get back to me on whether the offer was, um, was accepted, I had a friend of mine text me and say, hey, I know that you own a few rental properties, which is funny because we just own one. <laughs> But he, she texted me and said, I have a friend who's going through a divorce. He's going to be separated, but he needs a place to stay. Do you have anything in mind? And I said, yes, <laughs> I might huh. be closing on one within the next like month or so. Just hang tight and I'll get back to you. So when we found out that the offer was accepted, I texted her. Um, he got in contact with me and we worked it out. And so he's going to be our first tenant. Sandra, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Ah, that would have to do with, I guess, partnering. So if you have an investment partner, for me, it's my spouse, then you need to take his or her risk tolerance into account. And what I do is when I submit properties to my husband to be evaluated, I do what's known as the, I know this sounds hokey, but the country song evaluation. So what I do is I say, look, if we were to lose our business and we couldn't find jobs and the car breaks down and I take to drinking and gambling and can't manage the property and our dog dies, can we either sell the property and break even because there was enough equity to begin with in that property or can we rent out the property and will the rent minus the repairs and the vacancy rates cover our mortgage? And if the property satisfies that criteria, then it's a property that both of us feel comfortable investigating further. I love that so much. Oh my gosh. I will be uh, repeating the country song evaluation many times in my life. Are you, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes, I am. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Could you do more deals if you had more money and didn't have to waste time looking for financing? Are you ready to scale your real estate business and do more deals? Well, let's make that happen. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is ready to fund your next deal. Patch of Land is a crowdfunding marketplace that has thousands of investors waiting for you right now. Find out more at patchofland.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D.com. Okay, Sandra, best ever book you've read? Uh, Millionaire Next Door because it taught me to prioritize where I want to spend my money. Best ever listeners, I know you like audio, so you can go to freebesteverbook.com and get a free audio version of a book like that best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it? Um, tackling things myself, even if I have no business doing it, like home renovation, like I coach my 12-year-old son's soccer team, even though I've never played. I taught my kids piano <laughs> for a couple of years. I've never played. But, you know, I just tackle things and see what happens. Best ever success habit you practice? Run. I do my best thinking when I'm running. Best ever deal you've done? I guess I would say the first townhouse that we purchased because to come up with the purchase price, the deal was with the landlord that we would get an appraisal and he would get an appraisal. And when we received ours, the appraisal was a good $25,000 less than what we knew the house should be valued at. But he didn't want to get an appraisal because he was an out-of-state landlord. So he said, you know what, I'll just go with your appraisal. So it was a good deal. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? Well, I'm going to be like self-centered and say, I'm looking forward to getting my third rental. <laughs> Best ever quote? Uh, the days are long, but the years are short. What's the biggest mistake you've made in either real estate or business? In real estate, I would say that with this first property, I made an initial mistake of looking in a neighborhood that I thought would be a good one for us. 
Um, and what I did is I targeted that neighborhood by sending the homeowners letters stating that my husband and I were very interested in buying in that property. And it was a mistake because my letters sounded really desperate and I got a bunch of people calling me who wanted a lot for their house, way more than retail. So for example, one guy called me and offered his house to me for $20,000 above the highest price that I had seen any house in that complex sell for. And um, of course I turned him down and then he tried to sell me on me hiring him as my buyer's agent. So I guess that would be <laughs> my, um, my mistake, my most recent mistake, that I just sent out letters to try to entice homeowners to call me and they just sounded way too desperate. What would you change? Um, I would get a good template. So I know there are great templates out there on, I guess they're called yellow letters. Um, and I would use that instead of just trying to, you know, hack one up myself. What's the best ever place to reach you? Well, I'm on the Bigger Pockets website. I'm on Facebook. Um, you could also email me at Sandra M. Holt at gmail.com. So uh, almost on LinkedIn. Sandra, thank you so much for sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners. And I'm going to get to the country song in a second, but I'm going to go in order in the way that you were talking. And um, you know, the first thing that stands out for me personally, and, and I think the best ever listeners, is the creativity that you and uh, your husband had on the first property and you know asking your landlord to do seller financing and coming up with that i mean typically and at least well i'll just speak about my own personal experience every deal i've done i've gotten smarter and smarter in how i finance it but my first deal it was 20 20 20 or 25 percent down um just the traditional financing and then i got more creative and creative but my gosh you got right <laughs> out of the gate and started doing seller financing and wheeling and dealing and that's that's just yeah that's that's inspiring to see and then you know the other thing is you're representing yourself and getting a lower price you know i i wholeheartedly believe in the power of relationships and brokers but then there are also circumstances as you described where it makes sense you know to to go in on your own and then negotiate a lower price because that commission can then be credited in theory to lower your purchase price and the last thing is the country song that i i <laughs> i absolutely love maybe it's my texas roots but um you know the country song evaluation where we can sell the property can we sell the property and break even or can we rent it out and cover our mortgage um if you know we turn into uh, gambling alcoholics with dead mm -hmm. dogs and that is that's something that you know um, at the end of the day, it really, I think, strips down to see, is this really an asset or not? Um, and are we gambling on appreciation or is this a tried and true um, asset that we should bring in our portfolio? So, uh, and, and then I'll, I'll throw in the soccer and piano thing too, where you throw yourself into the experiences. It's like, I don't care if I have years of education or firsthand experience or knowledge in the subject. If, if I need to uh, help others or if I need to um, get in there and do something and expand my mind, expand my reference points, and you know, in, in your case, uh, hang out with your kids, then you're gonna make that happen. And I, I think that's, that, that's a takeaway too in, in this conversation. So thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your best ever advice and we'll talk to you soon. Great, thank you so much for the experience, bye. Hey you, best ever listener, do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com, where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done.
And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever.